disturbing from my slumber. I am the eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 101 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Here we go. This is this is the first episode after the 100th episode. I know you guys are thinking, well, yeah, duh, it's 101. But, you know, it's just kind of a milestone. This is kind of a turning point in a way. You might say that it should have happened around episode 50 or so, and it did. But we made it to 100 episodes, and that's something to be you know excited about something to celebrate and now we're on to the i guess into the finish line i guess we'll see what happens right <laughs> anyway if you happen to miss a hundred uh episode 100 don't worry you know it's still there i know it's kind of a long one and it may take you guys a while to kind of get through that but just sort of a recap of some of the things that we talked about on that episode of course i revealed and released the 100th episode surprise which was a music video and a song where i with the help of a friend of mine and uh nick capone in a band called american avenue we did a hard rock cover of chozet's dynamic also known as dragon ball super theme number one so that is the theme song that was uh, at the start of the show, pretty much from episode one up until somewhere around episode 77, I think, is, is is probably right around where it changed to the current one. So we did a cover of the first song. Uh, and if you're wondering why we did the first song was because when I first got this idea, that song was still on the show. <laughs> OK, the idea for this whole thing started a year ago. Uh, I mean, if you want to know more about that, once again, I talked about this last time too. I can do an entire podcast just talking about that whole process, or I can do a Facebook live Q and a sort of a thing. So if you want to see either one of those, just let me know, but I'd be happy to talk about it and give you all the little details of that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, if you have not had a chance to watch the video itself or hear the song, please go to facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast. But where you really want to go is to the YouTube channel because that's where you can see the full video. So you're going to Google. Sorry, <laughs> you're going to just search rock the dragon podcast on YouTube. You'll find the channel there. You should see the video. Uh, I'm very, very proud of that video and the song. I think they both came out very well so far. All the reactions have been positive. I think right now it has, uh, I don't know, maybe 40 or so thumbs up, no thumbs down. So that's promising. Um, but I do need to get it out to more people. So if you haven't had a chance to share it yet or watch it yet, please do both. Please do not hesitate to click that like button, that thumbs up. All of that stuff is going to go a long way into helping this podcast continue to the end of Dragon Ball Super, as well as beyond if that even becomes an option. I don't know, <laughs> but we got to take it one day at a time and just kind of see what happens here. So any shares, likes, comments that you can give regarding any of this stuff. Please, please, please take a second to do so. And I also want to remind you that I now have an Instagram page for the for the podcast also. OK, so Instagram Rock the Dragon podcast. Go follow it. You'll see uh, some things on there that won't be on Facebook, uh, just photos and stuff like that, obviously. And, and some Instagram stories It's just another sort of outlet that you guys will have just to kind of uh, stay connected to me and the podcast through Dragon Ball. So if you have a chance to do that, make sure you do it. Also, I didn't mention this, but you can buy the song, right? You can buy the song for 99 cents. Okay. It's on Spotify, which I don't know how I don't have Spotify. So I don't know how it works. I, you just stream music there, right? <laughs> you don't actually buy songs, but I think 
<clears throat> after so many streams, Spotify will cut the artist a check or something. I'm not sure, but stream the hell out of it. Buy the hell out of it. It's only a buck you can find on iTunes, Apple Music as well. OK, and a few other outlets, but it's just kind of hard because I don't know all of them. <laughs> but be on the lookout for a link on the Facebook page that will kind of guide you to the right areas to get the song for whatever platform or whatever device operating system or whatever it is you need. OK, so if you have any questions, concerns about that. Remember, you can send me an email at rock the dragon podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, as well as if you just have anything you want to say about the episodes itself, because of course we do have an email segment here called what are you saying? Okay. And that's where you can send in your thoughts, comments, and opinions about, uh, each episode of the series, uh, anything else Dragon Ball related, or if you just happen to have a question for me and I'll read it on the air. That being said, I do have a few emails I want to get to here in a second, but I do like to sort of draw attention to the reviews too, when they come through. Because that's something else that that's another way you can help out the podcast, right? I talk about this all the time. You know, if you happen to use iTunes or whatever platform you do use, if there is a review option and you're you're loving the podcast, please, please, please just take a second to leave a review and just help other people find the podcast. Now, with that being said, I've got two new reviews here on iTunes, which I'm very excited about, <laughs> very excited about because this these are the first reviews to pop up on iTunes since January. Okay, so I've got two new here. The first one here is from Rebecca. It says uh, it's a good podcast companion to DBS. Five stars. It says I've watched DBS to completion in Japanese, but I truly enjoy listening to Mr. Bridgewater's reaction to the events as they happen. I also love hearing his theories and complaints while knowing whether or not they are true or addressed. My only complaint is how I think that he worries too much about future Trunks' hair color. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of the change, but ultimately it's just not that big of a deal. Rebecca, thank you so much for, for uh, leaving a review and, and thank you for the five stars. Yeah, I, I know I, I know I went through a, I definitely went through a rough phase <laughs> with Trunk with future Trunks' hair color. And I it got to the point to where I, I kept talking about it just to be I think I was trying to be I was trying to be irritating at that point. So I guess it worked. <laughs> but uh, I hope I did a good job of explaining why it was such a problem for me. And, and it was it was less about the aesthetics of how he looked and more so about the inconsistencies that it created between Dragon Ball Super and Dragon Ball Z. So in that way, it kind of was a big deal to me, but I understand that not everyone's going to feel that way. So I appreciate your review and I appreciate you giving me a five stars anyway. So <laughs> thanks a lot, Rebecca. Okay. So the next review says great podcast, five stars. This is by rock. The dragon fan says here, I've been listening to this podcast since the Beerus arc and it's underrated. Tim is a huge dragon ball fan and he's willing to point out both the good and bad of DBS. I don't listen to the Japanese dub, so this podcast is perfect for an English dub fan. Thank you so much for saying that. Thanks for the five stars. Uh, anytime someone says this podcast is underrated, that's a really major compliment <laughs> because I feel like it is actually pretty well rated. I mean, you know, I look at these reviews on iTunes and I've got 45 star five stars and three four stars. I mean, that's pretty good. No three stars, no two, definitely no one. That's I feel like it's pretty well rated but the, the fact that you still think it's underrated that means that uh it must be a pretty good podcast man so i, I appreciate you uh saying that and of course i could always use more ratings i'm sure that's what you actually mean you just want to see more and i'm with you on that so if you happen to be someone who comes back and listens week after week 
Well, you know you love the damn podcast. So just go ahead, <laughs> take an extra second, give me that five stars, leave me that sweet review, and uh, and we'll watch the magic continue to happen. All right. So thanks to you two guys so much for uh, taking the time to do that. I appreciate that very much. All right. So now we're going to shift over to uh, what are you saying for this week? So. Uh, yeah, I have here three emails as well as one Facebook message that I'm going to read. So as always, you have anything you want to say about the show? Otherwise, send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. The first message here is from Ryan over on Facebook. Ryan, always good to hear from you. Uh, Ryan says, hey, Tim, I wanted to know if you checked out the Dragon Ball Super manga at all. It was released after the episodes of the show. And it really shows because a lot of the confusing parts that were part of the anime weren't in the manga. For example, I read a little bit of the Zamasu arc and there are already some big changes. Beerus never, and this is where Ryan lists out some of the changes that he's noticed. Beerus never said, quote, if a destroyer kills someone, it's across all timelines, which really didn't happen in the show anyway. They didn't keep jumping back and forth to the past during the fight with Zamasu and Goku Black. They only did it once as opposed to the three times they did it in the show, which broke up the action. The reason why Zamasu took Goku's body was better explained. Parentheses, Goku Black could take lots of injuries, then the immortal Zamasu can use his Kai powers to heal him to make his Saiyan body stronger and stronger last one you have listed here is Vegeta never fucking blew up the hyperbolic time chamber <laughs> and then it says at the bottom if only Trunks had purple hair on the cover art it'd be perfect I only read a little of it but I recommend it so far <laughs> okay well thank Ryan I appreciate the message uh, to answer your question I do not read the Dragon Ball Super manga uh, nor did I read Dragon Ball Z manga I do have like a Dragon Ball Z uh comic that was kind of derived from the manga it's just kind of like one that someone saw when they were out and they bought it for me one day so i don't i don't i don't read as much as i used to <laughs> right it's kind of weird talking about that because when i was growing up i used to be all about manga you know comic books and just little like junior junior novelis novelizations of uh of different movies and i used to read a lot i mean and that's how i started writing because I used to read so much. But then as I got older, I got into editing and video and stuff. So now I just prefer to watch everything for the most part. So I have not read the manga, but I have heard that there are differences, obviously, right? And and there's, that's always been sort of a, an ongoing thing, especially in Dragon Ball Z. I mean, there was a lot of filler in the anime version that the manga itself just didn't have. So it doesn't really surprise me necessarily that that, that is different, but it, it is interesting to see what the differences are so let's just kind of touch on some of these a little bit you talk about the comment about beerus saying that if a destroyer kills someone and it, yeah and it it gets it kills them across all the timelines i can kind of see why maybe they would have eliminated that from the manga because traditionally i think the manga probably and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong here but from what i understand traditionally the manga has a much tighter story and even a better story in a lot of ways because they don't have to deal with ratings and they don't have to deal with time slots and you know all this kind of shit right meanwhile dragon ball super has to deal with all that stuff it has to be 22 minutes it has to have commercial breaks here it has to do this it has to do that but in the, man in the manga you can just kind of tell the story the way you want 
And I was never crazy about that whole thing anyway with them just saying, oh, uh, a destroyer god, once once a destroyer god destroys somebody, it destroys them across all the timelines. It's like, it's just kind of like a very easy solution to a problem, right? When they start to make up shit like that all of a sudden. <laughs> and, and, they just, and just because they say it, it, that just means it's true. Uh, you say they also didn't keep jumping back and forth to the past as much. Yeah, that was one thing that was definitely weird for me in that arc is that they were going back constantly <clears throat> and it just seemed like it was making things worse and they weren't really solving anything when they were doing it. So it was kind of weird. And you also say that in the manga, the reason why Zamasu took Goku's body was better explained. And you say Goku Black could take lots of injuries. Then the then Zamasu would use his Kai powers to heal him, making his Saiyan body stronger and stronger. That is probably a better way of sort of explaining that than I think the show did. I mean, the show just kind of made it seem like Zamasu just wanted Goku's body because he knew how strong he could possibly be as a Saiyan. But why wish for a Saiyan's body or what, what more specifically why wish for goku's body in particular instead of just wishing for a body like goku's or just an immortal body that was something that never really made sense to me in that story but having it kind of explained this way kind of does make it a little bit better and you say vegeta never fucking blew up the hyperbolic time chamber uh what well, i wonder i mean i just wonder why they did that in the anime you know because it never made any sense to me i mean i, I remember talking about it when it happened it didn't make sense to me that he would do that it's like why blow it up you know you guys need that place <laughs> we get it you're vegeta and you're angry but you're not angry reckless irrational vegeta anymore you know like vegeta a couple years ago might have would have done something like that but now it's kind of like dude you know you know the consequences for making stupid mistakes right so i don't know and then you say, if only Trunks had purple hair on the cover art, it'd be better. Well, yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. Okay, Ryan, I appreciate that uh, that message. Um, yeah, maybe one day I'll get into the manga. You know, why not? I mean, I mean, it's just more Dragon Ball to enjoy, right? <laughs> All right. So we're going to we're gonna switch back over to the emails. And I have an email here from Jesus. Says, episode 100. Hey, Tim, how are you? Great to hear you great to hear you reached 100 episodes of super enjoy your 100 episode of the podcast i just wanted to say that i felt the same way you are feeling with kale and cauliflower however at the time this episode aired in japan around that time we got news that a toy animation that toy animation was going to release a movie which we now know was the broly movie but at the time we only knew it was going to deal with the origin of the saiyans and it didn't have a title at the time so when I heard that, I thought, OK, maybe they'll elaborate on the differences between Universe 7 Saiyans and Universe 6 Saiyans. But later we found out Akira Toriyama kind of retconned what a Super Saiyan is. So he states that in order to become a Super Saiyan, one needs sufficient S cells. Having a gentle spirit can increase the number of S cells. However, one still needs high battle power and anger to trigger the explosive increase of s cells this leads to tingling sensation in the back which is the focal point where the s cells tend to gather once this occurs an overwhelming key flows through the body that gives off a yellow aura this turns the eyes green the power and speed are increased by 50 fold 
With this explanation, you can see why Cowboy explains it as a ting tingling sensation. And keep in mind, Cauliflower is stated by her brother when Cowboy went to recruit his brother. When Cowboy went to recruit his brother, the brother, <laughs> first he first he says she was stronger than him, and to be known as fighting prodigy like Goku. Um, so, what are your thoughts on that? Thanks again. Continue the podcast, Jesus. I appreciate the the email as always. Um, Okay, so you're saying that basically when this whole thing first aired in Japan, as far as Kale and Cauliflower and them going Super Saiyan and stuff like that, there was it was happening at the same time they were talking about this origin of the Saiyans movie, and that turned out to be Dragon Ball Super Broly, so it wasn't exactly what everyone thought it was going to be. And you were thinking that it might have been a movie that kind of explained the differences between Universe 6 and Universe 7. Uh, okay, I can see why you think that. Um... And that probably would have been a better movie. I mean, look, I, I liked Dragon Ball Super Broly. I mean, I you know I, t I did a whole Q and A on it on the Facebook page. Or someone who who is just now c coming along to the podcast, and you're wondering my thoughts on Dragon Ball Super Broly. I went on Facebook Live one night. I did a one hour s segment where I talked about it and I answered you guys' questions. So if you want to hear that, you can go to the Facebook page. It's still up. It's still there, ready for you to watch. Uh, I like that movie, but this also would have been cool. Because I remember hearing about that origin of the Saiyans movie, too. And I'm thinking it was actually going to be the origin of the Saiyans. <laughs> That's not what Dragon Ball Super Broly is at all. I mean, we don't learn how the Saiyan race came about in that movie. Uh, so maybe that maybe that's a separate thing. And maybe they'll still go into it. Maybe they'll somehow elaborate on both Universe 6 and 7. And that may help us understand Kale and Cauliflower's transformations and their ability to transform so easily a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. I guess it could go either way. Now, as for all this stuff <laughs> with Akira Toriyama and whatever explanation he came, he, he decided to make official about how to become a Super Saiyan. I'm going to assume that that's accurate. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you heard or read that somewhere. So assuming that that's true, then I, I don't care about any of that stuff. I, <laughs> this is this is George Lucas and the force all over again. Right. OK, you remember. For, for any Star Wars fans, you know, when those prequel movies came out, one of the biggest things that they did that people just did not like was that they decided to explain the force. They decided to explain what it is in great detail, how it works, how you can manipulate it and midichlorians and all this stuff. And no one wanted that. Right. Like no one wanted a scientific and medical explanation behind the force because we had already, by that point we had already accepted it right three movies in we had already accepted it we had already seen episodes four through six by that point you know what i mean so we had already we had three movies with the force no one was asking questions about well how does the force work what exactly is it in scientific terms no one cared <laughs> we took ben kenobi's explanation of it and that was fine it's everything it's 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 the energy in all beings good enough but then he decided to come out and explain in great detail well it's the midichlorians and some people no no one no no you you ruin the magic of things when you try to explain it in that kind of detail so that sounds like that's what akira toriyama here is doing with super saiyan and i don't need any of it i don't need s cells i don't need tingling sensations in the back i don't need any of that stuff <laughs> Jesus is probably like, man, why are you yelling at me? I'm just a messenger. No, I'm, I, I get that. I'm just <laughs> I'm just expressing my opinions on, on on that. 
is that I don't I don't really care for any of that. I don't I don't need that. I don't need S sales. I don't need because one thing you say here is that you have to have a gentle spirit or okay, you don't have to have a gentle spirit, but if you have one, it'll increase the number of S cells. So I guess that kind of explains Vegeta. Maybe that's why it was so hard for him to go Super Saiyan to begin with, because he never had a gentle spirit. But I don't know. It's just I just I don't need any of this. <laughs> I don't. I really don't need or want any sort of biological explanation as to what makes a Super Saiyan. It's it's it was enough to just say it's a legend. Once you reach a certain power level, you have the potential to do it if you tap into this part of your rage your emotions, etc. I think they explained it just fine in Dragon Ball Z. Every time Vegeta talked about it, every time Goku talked about it, Goku was training Gohan on how to become a Super Saiyan. I think that's all the explanation that I needed. So all that stuff is official now. Well, then I'm just going to pretend like it doesn't exist because I really don't. I don't need all of that. I just like, you know, because we've accepted it, right? Just like I was saying about the first three Star Wars movies, we'd already accepted the force. No one was questioning that. May the force be with you. That's that's all we needed to know. All we needed to know is that you can move shit with your mind, you know, or you can make you can make people who are dumb do whatever you want done. Or if you tap into a certain part of the dark side of the force, you can have force lightning. Good enough rest of the stuff we didn't really need and we accepted it from dragon ball z we accepted super saiyan we accepted it for 25 years or however long it's been you know so why now do we is someone at this or people asking for that i don't think they are so all right uh and yeah so as far as like that tying into kaba and cauliflower and stuff it's just I just there's there's nothing that's really gonna make me like that. <laughs> I'm just not gonna like this tingling sensation stuff. I mean, it's just not. I mean, I you know I get maybe why they're doing it, but it's just not something that I, I feel like I'm ever gonna be on board with. All right, Jesus, I appreciate you sending that email in. The next one is uh, from Stephen. Uh, this is okay. Of course, I have more than one Stephen who listens to the podcast. Uh, Universe Six Sands. Hello, Mr. Bridgewater Bender. And I want to say I'm pretty sure this is my first time hearing from this, Stephen. So, Stephen, welcome. Uh, I'm not sure how long you've been listening. And and, and my apology, if this isn't your first time writing in, my apologies. I just know that I probably haven't heard from you much, if, if so. Okay. It says here, hello, Mr. Bridgewater Bender. Mm, wink, wink. To start, congratulations on reaching episode 100. Sorry, I'm a little late. I really enjoy the podcast and I appreciate you for all the work you have put into it. I have always found listening to other people's reviews to be helpful in forming my own opinions. And you have been an outstanding sounding board for Dragon Ball Super and The Legend of Korra. And I wanted to thank you. Well, I'm going to stop right there for a second, Stephen, and say, obviously, you listen to Republic City Report, which is fantastic. (laughs) I talk about it every now and then, but I did used to host another podcast called Republic City Report where I reviewed uh, The Legend of Korra, okay? That podcast is still up. So if you're someone who's just now getting into Korra, uh, The Legend of Korra and Avatar The Last Airbender, you want to go listen to that podcast. Uh, It didn't last nearly as long as this one because the show ended somewhere around episode 40, maybe, I think. 
I forget. It wasn't a very long series. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's definitely still up. So, yeah, man, thanks a lot. If you listen to that podcast and you found your way over to this one, too. Hey, kudos, man. Welcome. OK, says here in regards to the universe six Saiyans, <clears throat> I agree that the power feels unearned because of the struggles we have seen Goku, Gohan and Vegeta endure. However, while it is annoying, it is important to recognize that they are from a different universe. As similar as it appears to Universe 7, <clears throat> it is different, though less so than the others because they are quote-unquote sister universes. One of these differences is apparently that the Universe 6 Saiyans can tap into the Super Saiyan power more easily than their Universe 7 counterparts. While still annoying, this has been a plausible enough reason, for me at least, to accept the power of the Saiyans from Universe 6. I also wanted to say in regards to your question from episode 100 about the strength of Beerus versus Whis, that it seems to me that Whis is stronger. It has always seemed to me that the gods of destruction were the strongest form, the strongest from their universes, whereas the angels were from somewhere else entirely. It seems to me that the Omni King and the angels come from some race that live outside 12 universes and were sent to guide and teach the gods of destruction, each of whom comes from one of the 12 universes. I don't have anything to back that up, back up that opinion. It's just how it's always come across to me. Anyway, just want to thank you again for all you have done for the first 100 episodes. And here's the 31 more to finish out Dragon Ball Super. Steven, thank you so much for writing in, man. Very, very appreciated. We're going to jump into everything you said here in a second. But the first thing I want to do is, is, is kind of touch on uh, the very end of this. <laughs> here's the 31 more to finish out Dragon Ball Super. OK, so. I don't know what the hell I've been thinking because for the past few episodes, I've been saying that, oh, there's at least a year, another year of Dragon Ball Super, and there's another 60 more episodes of Dragon Ball Super. I, I don't, for some reason, I was thinking <laughs> that Dragon Ball Super ended at around episode 160 when it actually ends on episode 131. Okay. So if you heard me say that in the past, sorry, I don't know what the heck I was thinking. <laughs> There's really not that many episodes left, guys. So that means there's about 30 episodes left of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, so that also means approximately, you know, give or take 30 more episodes of Rock the Dragon podcast. You know, being optimistic about the podcast continuing throughout the finish line. That's not a lot at all. That kind of changes things in, in, in a very big way. Because <laughs> I was thinking there was a lot more left than there actually is. Remember, I don't really keep up with it because I don't want to be spoiled, right? So forgive me for not thinking about that sooner. But uh, yeah, that's not that doesn't give us much time. So uh, if we want to keep this thing going beyond that and keep it ramped up, then I need I need all my loyal uh, rock. I try to come up with a name for you guys. I don't know. <laughs> rock the Dragon fans to uh, to help me spread this thing out, because uh, otherwise, you know, when when we're, when the Legend of Korra ended, Republic City Report ended, and I'm pretty sure my listeners there would have loved for me to keep going, but there was no more show, so there was no more show to talk about. And there's a lot of stuff in the Dragon Ball world that could be talked about, and I'd like to keep talking about it. But I need you guys' help, okay? I need you to to buy the song and subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the pages, all that good stuff. Help me make this thing grow so that we can hopefully keep moving beyond the end of Super, because who knows? Maybe they'll come back with another show. And I'd love to come back with another podcast, but I just need I just need your help. OK. All right. So 
You were talking about the Universe 6 Saiyans and how you agree that the power is unearned and all that kind of stuff, but you want to point out the fact that one, apparently one of the just sort of uh, differences between 6 and 7 is that the Universe 6 Saiyans can tap into the Super Saiyan power more easily, and that has been a plausible enough reason for you for now to accept the power of the Saiyans. I, my problem with that is this, right? I, I, I've never been a big fan of any sort of quick and easy sort of, you know, uh, explanation as when it comes to power boosts. Like, I, I'm fine with the Super Saiyan explanation. I don't need a scientific background, research paper, thesis about that, right? <laughs> um, but I have always appreciated the fact that there were certain things that kind of needed to be in place. Um, one of one of those main things just being like years and years of training and practicing and 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 watching people die in front of your eyes and and people being beaten half to death in front of you and being toyed with and having to struggle to become a Super Saiyan. Now it's not to say that Kale and Kalifla haven't gone through that stuff, right? We don't know their backstories. For all we know, Kale could have watched her entire family be murdered in front of her. We don't know. But the difference is, is that it wasn't there to trigger her transformation, right? So I feel like that that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about when I say I don't like it, you know, like everyone else had to have something traumatic happen or, or, or they needed to be pushed to do it. And when someone just like cries because they're disappointing somebody and they transform into some ultimate super powerful form, that's just kind of lame. Not to mention the, you know, Caulifla's abilities to just kind of skip up <laughs> to different Super Saiyan levels in such a short amount of time. Now you're saying that maybe it's just one of those things to where they're just, it's just easier for them to go Super Saiyan. But doesn't that sound like kind of a cop-out? I mean, from a writing perspective, that's kind of a cop-out, right? That's just kind of an easier way of saying, oh, well, this is why they can do it. It's because, well, they're just, they just, they just can. They're just, the Universe 6 Saiyans can go faster well that's just to me that's just kind of lazy writing and that's why i'll never be okay with it <laughs> and i trust me i won't talk about it forever i've already kind of talked about it when it happened you know unless something else unbelievable happens like freaking cauliflower going super saiyan god before the tournament of power is over i probably won't even talk about it much anymore because well it's just something we kind of have to accept right but being as how i do a podcast you know I have to kind of give my deep sort of reasons why I, I kind of see the, these things the way that I do. Um, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's just if it's just one of those things where they go more easily, then that's not the only difference. Then they also didn't have tails. Right. So I don't know. Maybe somehow them not having tails from birth somehow makes them more likely to become a Super Saiyan more easily than other. I, I don't know. <laughs> I really think it's just lazy writing, though. But if they want to try to explain it away. With something like that then i guess we just kind of have to take it right okay now the next part is about as far as we being strong and embarrassed i did ask the question in the last episode not that i was saying one way or the other necessarily but i know that i noticed that there was something that was coming up a lot uh, that this idea of we being stronger than embarrassed because i was saying that well did they ever say that for sure or is that something that we just kind of assume because we knew that we was beerus's teacher so you'd be more inclined to think, whoa, well, if he trained Beerus, he must be stronger, right? And my whole perspective on that was is that not necessarily 
you know, you can have, I can go get martial arts lessons tomorrow from some dude who's in his late sixties that I can be stronger than, but he's certainly going to know more than me. Right. So that's kind of what I was thinking with that. But you're saying that, and you've always kind of seen it, that the gods of destruction were the strongest from their universes, whereas the angels were from somewhere else entirely. And you think that the Omni King and the angels come from some race that live outside of the 12 universes. And um, the angels were sent to guide and teach the gods of destruction. I mean, that's a very plausible and very good explanation. I mean, it, you know, I, I'm sure <laughs> I don't see why I couldn't have played out like that. Um, I just don't know if that that's a very good story. You know, what I mean, like a sto story wise, if, the, if that if that is the background and the explanation for this, then I would take that. But I'm just wondering, does that necessarily mean they have to be stronger? You know, just because they're teaching and guiding the destroyer guys, does that make why does that make them stronger? You know, why do you even need destroyer gods if the if the angels are stronger? Why can't the angels just be the ones going around destroying everything that needs to be destroyed? Right. So I, I think I'm just having a little bit of trouble understanding all these characters place in the universe. But there's nothing new because there are all these Kai's too. Right. And, and none of us can really say what these Kai's do. <laughs> I mean, there's a Supreme Kai, there's a Grand Kai, there's, and then there's King Kai. But there's like four of them. There's West Kai, North Kai, South Kai. It's like, OK, we get it. They kind of. And it stands the reason that every universe would have all those Kai's as well, right? Because we know for a fact all 12 universes have a Supreme Kai. So then we also have to assume that they all also have a Grand Kai. And then we and then they all must have four Kai's who oversee the four sectors of their universe. So it's just a lot of shit, right? If you think about it like that. And the, rule, the rules and exactly what roles they play are not exactly clear all the time. So it'd be interesting to see an origin story of them. I mean, hell, let's find out. Let's see an or let's see like a 30 minute episode where they just talk about Weiss and where he came from and Beerus, where he came from and Champa, where he came from and how all this stuff kind of came about. I'd be very interested to see that. All right, Stephen. Awesome email, man. Very, very nice to hear from you. I'm glad you uh, are enjoying it and welcome. Welcome. It's always nice to hear from people that listen to Republic City Report, too. OK, I know this is going on kind of long. Don't worry, guys. It's coming. I've got one more email here. This one's from Arthur. Arthur, good to hear from you again. Uh, says here, episode 100 and 101. What's up, Tim? I wanted to write in for the special 100th episode, but it was too late. I appreciated your speech about why and how you started the podcast and the hard work you put into it. I know you don't care to ask for money, unlike these other podcasts that work for the companies or does something for the companies that they podcast and still ask for money. I have no respect for those guys. They can't even bother to read my emails. But the point is, is I would gladly Patreon you. You have a great podcast and I believe people should be rewarded for putting in hard work. That being said, about these two episodes, let's not sugarcoat it. Kale and Cauliflower are lesbians. <laughs> I noticed it on the episode when Cauliflower became a Super Saiyan and Kale was hiding behind the rock, blushing at her. Cauliflower is the tough boyfriend and Kale is the shy, jealous girlfriend. <laughs> they should just go with it instead of all this sister stuff. These kinds of things are on TV shows now and even commercials, but that's not my issue. The issue is that they have the worst personalities and again with the unearned powers. 
You said it all on episode 100, and now Kale gets another transformation. Super Saiyan and now Ultimate Legendary Super Saiyan or something. What the hell is going on here? Kalafla will probably reach Super Saiyan 3 at this rate. I found myself rooting for the Pride Troopers even though we all knew what was going to happen. A question about the Broly movie. When Broly becomes legendary, they don't bring up Kale's transformation from the tournament unless I'm mistaken. Keep up the great work, author. Author, awesome, awesome hearing from you as always, man. Uh, okay, let's kind of talk about this. Uh, okay, so yeah, you were saying that if I... Okay, so th- uh, on episode 100, I talked about the idea of doing a Patreon, okay? Once again, this will just be me offering bonus content, okay? Not the podcast itself would be free, always. But this would be the idea of me on, uh, you know, offering bonus content, meaning... Uh, bonus podcast episodes, as well as any video stuff I may come up with, etc. So I wanted to kind of gauge some interest in that to see who would be down. I also got a comment from Jonathan over on the Facebook page also saying I would gladly spawn do a Patreon. So, so far I've heard from two people that are letting me know that they'd be down for that. Now I'm going to make a Facebook post about this to really sort of, because I don't expect everyone to write me an email just saying that they would be down to do this. Trust me, I know that that's not realistic. Uh, but what I will do is at some point I will make a Facebook point a post within the next few days that kind of breaks down the whole idea, how much it would potentially be. Remember, we're talking about $2 a month. We're talking about $5 a month. We're talking about maybe at the most $10 a month just for acts, just for access to additional stuff, right? So I'm going to make a post kind of breaking down my ideas because I'm still kind of thinking I'm still trying to think of what I could even offer. <laughs> you know, some of the things I kind of threw out there would be, you know, Dragon Ball GT. If anybody wants to hear me talk about GT, I can review every single episode of GT. I think GT was like 60 episodes. It wasn't it wasn't anything ridiculously crazy. You know, maybe I could do like two episodes a month or something like that. You know, and in addition to that, just talk about the Dragon Ball movies. You know, I can review all the movies and as well as just anything else that I can think of, which if you guys have any suggestions, by all means, let me know. I'll make a post about it. I'll kind of break down what the potential of this could be, and I'll kind of gauge interest and take you guys feedback on it, etc. Okay, that'll be the best way to handle it, because, you know, I don't want to go through the effort of starting a Patreon and doing all this extra stuff if it's only going to be two people. You know, no disrespect to you two guys. I mean, thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, actually, for even saying that you'd be down. I appreciate you. But, um, you know, I would have to get some more people on board. So I just kind of want to uh, I'm, I'm glad you guys let me know. I know for a fact, author and Jonathan will be down. I'll make a post about it. And we'll see who else will be be interested. Of course, that won't necessarily mean that you have to do it, even if you say you'd be down. I mean, people can always change their minds. Right. But it would help me to kind of know uh to have sort of an idea of who'd be interested before I go through all the trouble and the work to actually try to make it happen. All right. So author, I appreciate you saying that, man. Okay. Uh, other than that, according to you, Kale and Califer are lesbians. There's no question about it. Right. <laughs> so we talked about it on episode 100. Uh, Steven wrote in and had a question about a comment that Kale made is for, and, and it gave him the impression <clears throat> that maybe 
they were lovers or, you know, they were kind of insinuating something. I kind of took it. I don't know if I took it as, as any of that necessarily, but I do sort of acknowledge the possibility that maybe Kale could be in love secretly with Cauliflower. I don't get the impression that Cauliflower feels the same way, not based on the English dub anyway. In Japanese, all of this shit could have been different, right? Because this whole sworn sister thing is definitely kind of weird that they would even use that kind of terminology. It makes me feel like in Japanese that was something completely different. <clears throat> but it seems to me like Cauliflower feels more like she's responsible for Kale, like she's her older sister looking out for her, trying to protect her, trying to boost her confidence and stuff more than it does them being lovers or something like that. So, uh, but you seem to think it's the opposite. You think that they're just straight up lesbians and, and that's just, <laughs> that's it, right? I don't know if I get that impression, but you know, it's uh, definitely up for interpretation. Um, let's see, what else did you say here? Yeah, and then we'll, we'll talk more about Kale's additional transformation this episode, man. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk more about that once we get into the episode talk. And... Uh, let's see. He had a question about the Broly movie. He says, when Broly becomes legendary, they don't bring up Kale's transformation. Yes. I mean, I think that's something that I probably touched upon before. Is that, uh, obviously, I have not seen the remainder of the Tournament of Power. So, I don't know what happens. Okay? So, let's keep that in mind while I say this. But, yeah. As far as I could tell in a Broly movie, there was no sort of mention from Goku or Vegeta because they or well it would have been it would have had to have been Goku Vegeta or Frieza right because because all three of them would have seen Kale in that form before because of the tournament of power right so it stands to reason that in the the, the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie when they saw K Broly they would have been like oh wow is, is that Kale or this is similar to what Kale did and they should already kind of have an idea of how to deal with it based on what they saw from Kale. Now, once again, I haven't seen the remainder of Super, so I don't know how that pans out. I don't know what happens. And I'm, author, I'm assuming that you also have not seen it, so I don't know. Maybe there's a reason why they didn't mention it. Like maybe at the end of this thing, everyone's memory is erased of Kale. I, I don't. It could be anything. <laughs> it could be anything, right? Because this is the Dragon Ball world. Like we don't we don't know how this thing ends, so it's kind of hard to say right now. You know, maybe why they didn't mention Kale in the movie at all, right? But gosh, if I had to take a guess, <laughs> I would say it's just they just didn't do it because that's just kind of Dragon Ball is not known for its exceptional writing. Okay, I've said that before. <laughs> it's something that they've struggled with many times, and this could just be another example of that. So I'm, I'm really not sure. But as far as I remember, they didn't mention it, and. I can't really say much more than that without having seen the remainder of Dragon Ball Super. Okay. All right. Ooh, I tell you, between episodes 99 and 100 and this one, ooh, there's been a lot of talking going on. But that means you guys are being very uh, attentive and active, and I love that. So keep keep sending me emails and stuff, and uh, I'll just keep talking until my voice runs out. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, yeah. So with that being said, it's time to switch over to the episode talk for the week. So, of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon and Dragon Ball Super Podcast, episode 101, is going to cover episode 101 of Dragon Ball Super titled Warriors of Justice Close In. 
the Pride Troopers. Hmm. All right. So you know, obviously, based on that title, we're gonna we're gonna assume that the Pride Troopers are gonna be heavily sort of uh, featured in this episode. And you know, without getting into too many details, while they are pretty predominantly featured here, I still don't feel like they were the focus. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. I feel like the focus kind of became Kale and Kyle once again here. I mean, this episode kind of felt like a backdoor pilot to a spinoff of a show that focuses on Kale and Cauliflower. Okay. If you wonder what I mean when I say a backdoor pilot, that's basically uh, you're, you're, you're testing the waters, right? You're, you're, you're trying to see if an idea for a new show can be back, like sort of launched through an existing show. Right. So for example, you know, the flash, the TV show, uh, came about because they did a backdoor pilot for Arrow. They did an episode of Arrow that mostly focused on Barry Allen. And that was successful enough that they said, okay, based on the results of that episode and people's reaction to it, we feel confident going forward with a full pilot for The Flash. <laughs> right? Uh, they recently did a few of those on Supernatural. I don't know if you guys watch Supernatural. But, uh, and, and those really didn't work. They did at least two in the past few years. And as far as I know, neither one of those those shows got green lit. Because, I mean, it's just, you kind of, you just kind of uh, got to base that on, you know, the results and stuff like that. So it kind of felt like that here. Because it just, we end up spending the, the last few minutes of the episode with them. And, and they're kind of going through. Anyway, you know, we'll get into it. But... <laughs> I just I wanted more focus on the pride troopers here, just kind of based on what the you know the title that we got. But okay, let's just get into it. Uh, with that being said, who are the first two people we see when the episode starts? <laughs> Kale and Cauliflower. <laughs> okay, we got to remember that Kale has kind of she's still kind of out of it because well, uh, she just got blown to hell pretty much by Jiren, and then knocked her out of that state that she was in, and. Uh, Kalafla is just kind of reassuring her, which I feel like every time they interact, Kalafla is constantly reassuring Kale that she is good enough. So I don't understand why she always feels like she's not in the eyes of Kalafla. Right? Because that's her whole thing. She's like, oh, I, I'm always messing up. I never, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I know that some people just have problems with having self-confidence. I mean, I've kind of struggled with that in a lot of ways throughout my life and stuff. And sometimes it doesn't matter what anyone says to you. You're still going to feel like you're not good enough. Right. But I just think from a writing perspective, it's just an odd choice to have her always telling her that she is enough and not to be down on herself. But then she just kind of feels the exact opposite. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and then we go back over to Goku and Jiren, which for God's sakes, I mean, did anyone think for one second that they were about to fight? No, <laughs> I said it at the end of the last episode, it wasn't going to happen. And then even when the show was coming on, the narrator is like, these two warriors face off right now. And I'm like, they're not about to face off. Don't even lie to me because <laughs> I know good and damn well, they're not about to fight this soon into the tournament of power this is going to be the main event of the entire freaking thing and what did i and just like i said they goku's ready to fight and then it's interrupted by top okay top flies in there does his justice flash and basically 
knocks Goku sort of into the ground and then he and Jiren kind of go off. But before he leaves, he mentions that he has the other remaining uh, or at least uh, <clears throat> the five re remaining pride troopers. I think I think it's five of them, right? To uh, to take care of them. Meanwhile, they're going to go reserve their strength because clearly they're the the uh, the strongest two uh, that they have. So Goku ends up in another little section where he comes back to Kale and Caulifla and Caulifla's like, what are you doing here? Like you came to, to sneak, you know, and, and, and take advantage of Kale while she's vulnerable. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? This is a tournament. That's exactly what he should be doing. <laughs> he should be knocking both y'all's asses out. But I, I get it for the sake of the story and hopefully trying to maybe, you know, turn this into something a little bigger they're going to just kind of play around with this universe six universe seven sort of thing for a while and it's just kind of one of those things we kind of have to accept and i'm just kind of hoping that it gets better though i mean everything else has been great it's just kind of been this dynamic between them that's a little bit weird uh so then they're talking and then they look up and they see the other five uh pride troopers kind of standing on a hill and they go through this whole sequence where they're introducing themselves which <laughs> For me, it can go either way in the Dragon Ball world. Like, it can either be really stupid or really funny, or it can be both really stupid and funny. And I feel like this was both stupid and funny, which is kind of the best way to do it, <laughs> you know? Because I actually kind of really like when they do this kind of stuff. I mean, it's it reminds me of the Ginyu Force, and it was just, it was funny. Because every time they spend all of these seconds doing this kind of stuff they'll cut to one of the other characters and they'll just be standing there like uh what <laughs> and that's exactly what happened here goku's just kind of standing there with his mouth hanging open like huh uh but it's cool i i i dig it i dig it so they make mention of the fact that kale did actually get rid of one of their other guys and that was the, i'm assuming that was the green lantern power ring guy that i was talking about last episode we get a little bit of an exchange between goku and kale and cauliflower i won't really get into all that it's just really more of cauliflower just kind of showing that she does support kale and <laughs> does have her back then we cut over to master roshi and master roshi is charging up that lightning flash surprise attack thing that we saw him kind of working on a few episodes back I don't know why it's called lightning flash surprise attack because there's nothing surprising about this attack <laughs> when he's standing there charging it up right in front of your face right but it's just a name but I, I like it i like this whole sequence he's using it on, against this guy who looks a lot like cell <laughs> he has a similar design to cell very similar actually i mean he's got the little ear things on his head he's got the wings like his body shape and type and all that kind of stuff it's very much like Sale. I don't know if that's supposed to be like an Easter egg sort of a thing, or if it's just supposed to be this idea of, well, it stands to reason that in another universe, there would be another creature that looked like that. I don't know, even though Sale was an android, so they really shouldn't be, but whatever. I feel like it's, it's just, a, he's a very cool design character. So Master Roshi gets this guy in this lightning flash surprise attack. He's immobilized, but so is Master Roshi, which, just like what's the point of using this attack if you can't do anything <laughs> so i guess luckily for him uh tian shows up finishes this dude off with a tri beam uh and we get to see some cool teamwork and then they're kind of wondering where everyone is at this point because after after kale went nuts 
they all kind of got split up. So their their game plan kind of got a wrench thrown into it. Gohan runs up, which I I'm not. I know, I know we're going to get more Gohan. I know. It's inevitable. It's a matter of time. We're going to get a whole episode focused on Gohan doing his thing. I know. But I'm just, for the time being, I'm like, man, we're not really seeing much of Gohan. Like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> when are we going to get to see some Gohan? I know it's coming, though. I know it's coming. It better be coming. So, and then Piccolo shows back up, and they're kind of gathering. So, these are the remaining four right here, and they're all trying to... Um, get everyone back together but of course that you know both androids are kind of missing uh frieza shows up vegeta shows up in a very funny scene where frieza's just walking up holding this dude by his head <laughs> and vegeta's like that chubby pink oaf was mine <laughs> don't poach him from me <laughs> he called him a chubby pink oaf <laughs> i love that i fucking love that and I love that, like, he's kind of, you know, I don't know, this, this, this chemistry here between Frieza and, and, and Vegeta is going to just be like very, very good. It's going to be very fun to watch this for the rest of the tournament. So Frieza just knocks this dude out the ring and he's gone. But they mentioned now they still need the androids and Goku. OK, but of course, they're kind of wrapped up with some stuff. Uh, we see the Grand Zeno for a minute. And of course, you know, the sale looking dude just got knocked out and the chubby pink oaf got knocked out. So we had to see them get taken out of the the uh, the tournament. Uh, that's bracket. I was trying to think of the word. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So then we go back down and we've got, oh, the Zenos say they're giving him the business. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So then we go back down and Goku's now being restrained by one of the pride troopers, apparently a pride trooper who can increase his, he can change his body weight. So he's basically just holding him and he's sort of morphing and mutating into this more solid looking weird jack-o'-lantern looking <laughs> Groot, <laughs> Groot jack-o'-lantern combination. Um, but he's becoming heavier, right? And then the other little tiny, you know, it just sucks not knowing these characters' names. And even though I'm watching it right now with subtitles, you know, it's just so Zoe, Zwar, I don't know how that's pronounced. <laughs> but yeah, so he he's rushing over. He's got some sort of tornado speed thing going. Meanwhile, Kalifa is just going at it with, I don't know, green mutant creature, bobbity looking dude. Uh, but yeah, he had some technique going on where he was he had all of these little energy balls in the sky while they were fighting that were sort of powering up. She didn't notice it. So then he just kind of launches them all down at the same time at her. So Kale is kind of watching this. So she runs over and decides she wants to try to help. But then there's a female pride trooper here that kind of steps in and uh, she sort of encases her and captures her into this circular aura bubble thing um so she can't do anything and then of course, and then there's the other one the other guy with the the cyborg guy who we've seen a few times before um you know we get a little bit of commentary from him uh and then right when he's just talking the most amount of smack he gets punched in the side of the head by android 17 <laughs> okay so then the androids show up and they're like now it's even all right you guys had like five against three now it's even five against five 
which is still weird because that means that they're considering Kale and Cauliflower as teammates right now. You know what I mean? Like they they shouldn't be viewing it like that. <laughs> they should be thinking about it as it being three against seven. But hey, so this guy, the cyborg guy, I think his name is. It sounds like they say a casserole, <laughs> you know, like a like a freaking, uh, you know, a, a, a dish. But uh, it could be casserole, maybe. Uh, so he kind of powers up these uh, energy blade things. And he's just kind of going in Android 16 and 17. And then we cut over to the... I, keep, I forget what universe this is, but... Uh, I mean, well, I guess it's universe 11, right? That's where the Pride Troopers are from. Okay, so their destroyer god is the clown-looking dude. <laughs> so he's... He's just kind of watching everything that's kind of going down here. Now, you know, he kind of unleashes some stuff towards 17. 17 reveals himself just kind of standing there protected in this force field. And then we kind of go, we go back to Goku and the other uh, guy who can increase his, his weight. And then Android 18 shows up and helps him out because he kind of had Goku. I don't, I don't know what his plan was there. I mean, I'm not sure if he was just going to try to drag Goku out of the ring or what. Through the maybe through the bottom of the ring, but Android 18 shows up and kind of blasts him in the back and kind of gives Goku a hand. Um, which I mean, once again, you know, how couldn't Goku have just gone up to Super Saiyan Blue just for a second just to get out of that? I mean, did he really need help? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I get that he doesn't want to just turn Super Saiyan Blue and stay in that form because he, he'd be expelling so much energy, right. But if you need it to get out of a pinch, because he used it against Kale, you know, then use it. So then this guy turns into some kind of roly wheel thing, and then they join to form this tornado. And uh, he rolls over to Android 18 and lands on top of her. His name's Tupper. Okay. But she just, <laughs> she just picks his ass up with one arm. <laughs> and just, just rolls him back toward the edge of the ring. Now, he stops himself at the last second, but then that part of the ring just breaks off and he falls out. All right. So then the other little one runs up and he's like, oh, no, he's gone. And Goku says, guess what? You're next. And then he just kind of does this um, tornado spin and just kind of disappears. So uh, he got away for now. Uh, so then we go back to Android 17 fighting Casserole. And he decides to escape as well. So we're not getting rid of all the pride troopers here, you know, other than, oh, right. And, uh, hell for that matter, Dispo is somewhere around here too. Right. I forget. So I should, I should be able to remember this, but is every fighter from universe 11, a pride trooper or, or, or were there like eight of them and like three other people? I, I forget because there's definitely Dispo out there too. So for sure, that's not, not even involved in this. It's Top, Jiren, and Dispo. I'm not sure there's anyone else. Um, so yeah, they say they're gonna change strategies now. All right, so they're kind of, you know, um, because, because they lost the one guy and now it's just the four of them in this specific fight left. So they decide they want to focus all their energy on Kale and Cauliflower at this point. So they basically sort of hit Cauliflower with this big blast. It kind of encases her in this big thing. And like, uh, 
you know, there's another, technically it's another dimension on the inside, so they can't really sense power, and no one can seem to get into this thing, which is a very cool technique, I gotta admit. And while a lot of this stuff I'm just not a fan of because of the amount of focus they're kind of giving Kale and Cauliflower right now, uh, it looks awesome. Okay, there's no denying that. And even this moment where Cauliflower's kind of standing there and her hair's moving, and she's like, I'll always protect you, Kale. And usually when that kind of shit happens in Dragon Ball, somebody's about to transform, right? So I thought, I was like, oh, here we go. Carlos was about to go level three or blue or something. <laughs> Some level she shouldn't be reaching this fast. But what she does is just she just kind of stands up. She's saying, hey, I'm going to, you know, try to fight hard to, to, to get out of here. And she can't do it. And what it does is just provides Kale with the motivation she needs to get into her little mindset that she needs to be in. And then she uh, she gets angry and she, which I'm okay with because she actually screamed and like in anger, which I prefer that over all the crying and stuff. <laughs> as far as these transformations go. I mean, she cried a little bit too. But yeah, she powers up. It's enough to bust her out of that force field that she was in. But lo and behold, she doesn't look exactly the same as she looked every other time she transformed, right? Now she's just sort of a semi-buff Kale. Her hair is a little bit more calm. It's more, she looks more like a regular Super Saiyan here as opposed to, you know, the legendary Super Saiyan. So the idea, the idea here is, is that she now, she's met, she can control that form without going crazy without just going berserk so i guess that that's what the calm version of that legendary super saiyan form would look like it's just sort of a slightly more buff super saiyan uh don't get me started on how she probably shouldn't be able to control this this quickly because that's a whole other conversation i think you guys kind of know you kind of get the point by now right <laughs> so we'll just we'll just move on past that uh i mean she does look pretty cool though so i'll give them that but so yeah the troopers are <laughs> they're getting ready here and they're about to just unleash a simultaneous attack and they do so they power up real quick and they just release all these blasts at once and then this kind of forces kale and cauliflower to reciprocate so they release theirs and it kind of they kind of intertwine with each other as these energy waves do and they form this sort of candy cane looking energy wave. <laughs> All I know is that I was like, man, that energy wave looks kind of delicious. I kind of want to eat that. <laughs> because when they, when they come together, it looks like it just looks like candy. I don't know. It's those colors. Right. So, I mean, this is a cool sequence. Once again, I'm not really invested in this because I have no emotional attachment to Kale and Cauliflower. I have no emotional attachment to these pride troopers, the ones that we have spent like the least amount of time with you know i guess at least as opposed to uh you know like top um and yeah and there's a moment here of course where kale goes i, I guess at this point she's not full out legendary rage mode she's just because cauliflower makes a comment about her going ultimate or ultra or whatever so i guess she just went up to you know ultimate super saiyan the same form that Kale, that Cauliflower went into the last episode, uh, which in this instance wasn't a bad call because it's not like she needs speed for this. She just needs power, right? She's standing there in one spot. So it's probably a good idea to do that. So yeah, that sweet candy cane, Sour Patch Kids looking energy wave just blasts all these dudes out of the ring. 
Okay, so they just lost like four pride troopers at once. Whew, man, that's devastating, right? For these people, these this team we've been hearing so much about. Now, we the strongest ones are still there, though. Top, Jiren, you know, Dispo. So they've done that, and then they walk over to Goku and the rest of the uh, the androids. And of course, someone has to ask a question just so they know what's going on. And Goku's like, is she okay like that? Is she going to go nuts, preferring to Kale? And Cauliflower says, no, she's got this ultra superpower thing under control now, which, okay, fair enough. I guess she's just got it under control. Hmm. <laughs> these, these Universe 6 Saiyans are something else, I tell you. Uh, but then she, you know, she kind of gets, she kind of gets weak after it. And I, as much as I really didn't like that moment, what happens after it, I absolutely loved. And that was this other pride trooper. Okay. The female one. And she says, as long as I'm inside my spear, you guys can't touch me. My spear, not spear, sphere. Uh, you guys can't touch me. So then Android 18 walks up, picks up the entire thing and says, well, I guess the spear has to go too. And just throws her ass clean out the ring. And I laughed so hard when I saw that. <laughs> it was good. It was so good. So they make a comment here that uh, they've lost all five pride troopers. And there's only so there's only four left. Okay. So I think I just answered my own question. I was, I was wondering because I couldn't remember if all the fighters, all ten fighters were pride troopers. They Yes, they were because there was five that were just eliminated. And then there's still Dispo, Jiren, and Top. Okay, so that's eight, right? But then there's also, there was also one other dude who got eliminated with the Green Lantern ring. And then there's the other little Pride Trooper who just disappeared. And it's okay, so that's 10. All right. So we get a comment from the uh, Grand Kata saying, maybe they shouldn't be reserving their strength at this point because we just lost, we just took a big hit. Okay, and Grand, you know, Grand Minister saying that this is, this is where we're getting down to all the strongest fighters now. This is where the champions emerge. We get a quick little conversation, which I'm glad they did this, even though it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, I don't know, I don't know. I'm glad they did it because you know fans would have been asking. It's like, okay, well, they're both weak as hell right now. Just go ahead and kick Kale and Cauliflower out the ring, right? At this point, they're still your competitors. But Goku says, hey. And because, I mean, even Caulifla asked, she says, hey, are you sure you're going to just let us walk away? And he says, you know what? It's clear to me now that you guys are going to keep getting stronger. And that's when I want to fight you when you're at your strongest. Well, you can't really argue with that because that's Goku, right? You can't argue with that because that's something he would do. It makes less sense in this scenario to do it because you can just get rid of them now, right? Because this is a this is a tournament, but it wouldn't be the first time these Saiyans, okay, Universe Seven Saiyans have sort of made judgment calls based on stuff like this. I just want to see how much stronger you'll get, so I'll let you be. Vegeta was infamous with doing the exact same thing against Cell, even though it turned out very badly for him. You know, so it's like this kind of shit happens. Goku wants to see how strong they can get, and whatever. And the androids kind of a comment on it. Android Seventeen says, "Hey." You know, this is just kind of the human thing to do, or in this case, the saying thing. And that's pretty much where the episode ends. All right. Now, before it ends, we get a ominous looking pan panning up shot where we see this figure standing on a rock looking down at androids and, and, and Goku. 
and uh, you know, it's revealed. I forgot her name already, but this is the little, <laughs> this is the girl who turns into the weird Teletubby looking Care Bear thing. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows what the hell is gonna happen from then from this point on? So. What do you think about that, guys? What are you saying? Send me an email at rocktodragonpodcast at gmail.com. Ooh, man, we have exceeded an hour. And I am all talked out. But I before I go, I do want to just sort of re- reiterate a few things. And that is, of course, liking the pages, subscribing to the YouTube channel. Please, please, please go watch that music video. Share it. Buy the song. It's only a dollar. It'll help me out. It'll help me get some throat spray. Uh, <laughs> so when I'm in here talking to myself for an hour, I can just, you know, give it a little spritz and maybe it'll help me clear me up a little bit. Uh, and of course with everything else, the Patreon, the Instagram account, you guys, you know, you guys have all the info. So please, if you're able to kind of help out with any of that stuff, uh, then don't hesitate to do so. All right. So I think that about does it guys. All right. So until next time for rock the dragon podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater. Uh, keep on rocking the dragon.